Hey everybody, welcome back to the Unashamed Podcast. I am back on the podcast. It's been a while. I have not been on it, but we are continuing with our special lineup of guests here. Um, today we have my sister, Holly. Say hello. What's up? Hi, guys. <laughs> I miss um, all of you. Yeah, some of you may know her, um, but she is joining us today from all the way from Franklin, Tennessee. What's y'all? up? What's up? Tennessee, y'all. Welcome to the South. <laughs> yes, welcome to the South. I guess technically you guys are more South than I am, though. So that's, This is that's, true. That's not a good thing to say. Welcome to the North. <laughs> welcome to the North-South. It's the fine. The North-South of the United States. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, today we're going to be talking about, um, I think, both Holly and I's, one of our favorite topics, um, which is, does the Old Testament really matter to us today? Um, and what can we get out of it? And I think a lot of people kind of disregard the Old Testament. Um, some people I've heard even believe that it like didn't actually happen, that it's just like a metaphor for things. Um, uh, but we both Crazy. believe that it's important, right? And um, that there's a lot to get out of it. And it's honestly very interesting and entertaining if you read it. Um, yeah, y'all should go yeah. read Judges. That's my yeah. favorite book. Judges is awesome. It's very graphic and very fun. It's like and super also just disturbing. very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> um, but, um, but you know, so is so are humans in general. So it's fine. It's true. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I just wanted to note at the beginning. Um, it's very interesting if you think about the unity of the Bible, um, across the Old and the New Testament. A lot of times we focus on the New Testament. Um, but it's crazy that the, the, the whole Bible was really written over like 1,500 years. Um, there was 66 different books and 40 different authors, you know, from different cultural backgrounds. And it really all points to Jesus um, as the pinnacle of all things. Um, if you look at Colossians 1, where it talks about Jesus being like all things were made through him and for him and by him and all these things. Um, it all points to Jesus. And a lot of people are like, well, how the heck does the Old Testament point to Jesus? Because Jesus is only in the New Testament. Well, we are answering that question for you today and how the whole Jesus thing kind of flows throughout the whole Bible. And we're going to give you a quick overview of the story of the Bible now and kind of help you understand why the Old Testament is even important and why it was written. Okay, sound good? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to take the Old Testament. Holly's going to take the New Testament. Um, and we'll kind of interject where we want, where I am bound to miss things and Holly's bound to miss things. And we will do it together because teamwork makes the dream work. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Old Testament. <laughs> we start in the book of Genesis uh, where God creates everything. Um, and most importantly, God creates uh, humanity in the image of God. Um, one of the most famous verses from Genesis is when God says, let us create man in our own image, um, man and woman, and then he creates them in his own image, um, which automatically marks humanity as like God's special creations. Um, <clears throat> but then we see that he creates Adam and Eve, and they rebel against him because they're deceived by the serpent, which is Satan or a demonic force, um, and they rebel against God. And all of a sudden we see this picture, this perfect picture of Eden get like completely fractured um, and man's relationships with God himself and others and creation are now broken. So it's like, oh no, what the heck do we do now? 
And so this is like this is like in all the Marvel movies where the bad guy screws everything up and then all the Avengers are like, nah, we gotta we gotta fix it now. But the how the heck are they gonna fix it? That's the question. So um really the rest I, I think we could say the rest of the Bible is really just like an outplaying of how do we give back to Eden? Like the state of Eden, I guess, would you say? Yeah, that's probably a good a good description. Yeah, because Eden is like this perfect perfect place where like man and his relationship with god is perfect and his relationship with himself and other people and all this stuff is perfect but now it's all like fractured um and god um calls out to them which is one of my favorite parts in the bible um god made this whole perfect creation and man completely royally screws it up and god (laughs) instead of just striking them down with a lightning bolt which i would have done if i was god um he calls out to them and he's like, where are you? And they tell him and he's like, what happened? Even though he perfectly knows what happened. Um, and they explain it to him and he, they're all like, but it was the serpent. And then Adam's like, no, it's this woman you gave me. Cause you know, women <laughs> just cause issues. Hey, and <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not if a misogynist. I, was there, I would kick you. Wow. But you're not, you're in Tennessee. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and so they still they like blame each other which we all do right we all just kind of like blame everyone else that's what we tend to do um and then god curses um the serpent and like curses the ground and says that the woman's gonna have pain and childbearing now and all this stuff but then god gives hope as he always does and he promises that there's going to be a seed from the woman um that the offspring of the woman is going to crush the serpent eventually um, and everything will be right in the world again. So, Genesis, that's like that's like three chapters of the entire Bible, but there's so much that comes out of that. There's so much. <laughs> like a ridiculous <laughs> amount of stuff comes out of those three chapters. So we would encourage you, if you've never read Genesis 1 to 3, go read it, go study it, all that stuff, because everything else is basically based on that. Um, so then after that, yeah. everyone's like okay you're where not is really this? go ahead sorry you're not really gonna understand the rest of the bible really if you don't read the first three uh chapters of genesis just because there's so many things that fall onto the first three chapters that if you don't understand the context of those then you're gonna be like what the heck is going on because mm-hmm. you don't especially just the just the fall chapter three all of it in, it in itself like just that chapter alone is like super important to understand uh to to understand the rest of the bible you need to understand that oh yeah for sure um and then i mean really after that like everyone's like okay god's promised the seed when's he gonna get here (laughs) and i'm sure eve eve is like oh this first child i'm gonna have it's gonna be the seed that's gonna save us nope that first child kills his brother (laughs) so that's a womp (laughs) oopsies yeah so eve has cain and abel and cain kills abel the first murder happens and then eve's like well guess that wasn't the seed because this is bad um and then mankind really just gets worse from there. Yeah, um, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> it gets real bad. Um, and then it gets so bad, like it gets so bad that God says he like regrets making man and that he's going to basically start from a clean slate and kill everybody. So it's fine. And so <laughs> he he sends a flood, but he doesn't kill everybody. He chooses Noah. 
and his family to continue the line of humanity. He saves them through the Ark. I'm sure everyone's heard the story. You get the little kitty books with all the giraffe's heads sticking <laughs> out of the boat. Sorry. Which was not how it probably was. I mean, imagine all these animals. They got to poop somewhere, right? So they're pooping <laughs> on the boat. It probably <laughs> smells. It's awful. <laughs> Can you imagine being like on the ocean and all of a sudden this giant boat comes by and there's like giraffe head sticking out the top of it? That'd be Elephants so out the windows. It'd be so funny. Uh, oh man. Yeah, so anyways. yeah, God pretty much wipes the earth of all humanity, he starts over from Mo from Noah. I almost said Moa. Moana. He starts from Moana. Uh <laughs> He starts over from Noah, um, and then Noah's family grows and basically like repopulates the earth, all this stuff. So then we get to Exodus, and uh, the family of oh, I guess we can't really skip over Abraham. No, I don't know. I'm going too far. I'm going too. I'm, I'm going too slowly. We're still in Genesis. <laughs> Back it up. Gotta go with Abraham. Guys, Genesis is very foundational to like everything. There's there's a lot in genesis there's a lot of chapters also yeah so so then we get introduced to this guy named abraham who god basically chooses and is like hey through your line i'm going to bless the nations um and it's gonna be great don't worry so um uh abraham has isaac isaac has jacob um jacob has joseph and then joseph um gets sold into slavery which i'm sure most of you heard that story and he um, becomes really high up in Egypt, and then basically the family of Abraham ends up moving to Egypt to stay um, because Joseph is blessed there and can protect them. So Genesis ends with Joseph dying, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, so Joseph dies. Um, <laughs> then we go into Exodus. We're going to move a little quicker now because we're out of Genesis. Um, <laughs> we go to Exodus, and basically a pharaoh has um, become pharaoh in the land of Egypt, and he didn't know who Joseph was, and so he sees these Israelites, and he's like, who are these people? They like cockroaches in my land, and they're getting numerous, and I'm going to go kill them all. And so he tries to kill like all of the Hebrews and all of the Israelites, um, but Moses survives, a, a, a small baby named Moses. Um, we're not going to get into that whole story, but basically God chooses Moses to redeem his people back um, from Egypt in Egypt's slavery. Um, so the Israelites are enslaved in Egypt, and Moses um, is basically used by God to go, and they do like the whole 10 plagues and all that stuff. Um, which had to have been terrifying. I mean, can you imagine like the dust of the earth becoming lice and they attack you? That's yeah, no thanks. scary. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thanks. Um, <laughs> so they have all these plagues and basically Egypt gets to the point where they're like, yeah, you guys need to leave because we're tired of all this stuff happening to us. Um, so God redeems his chosen people from um, Egypt. So it's the nation of Israel. Um and then he's like, hey, I'm going to lead you guys to the promised land. And it's great. And it has milk and honey and all this stuff. And you're going to love it. It's like Disney World. That's what it is. Ooh. And, <laughs> and so the Israelites are like, yay, let's go to the promised land. But then they decided they didn't want to trust God. And they started worshiping all these idols. And so God puts in place all these laws 
Um, and they have to like sacrifice animals to atone for their sins. Um, and they have to like do all these things to make themselves clean in front of God so that they can like commune with God and have fellowship with God and have a relationship with God because you know, like God is holy and he can't be in the presence of humans cause we're gross. And so he, he made all these like ways and laws and stuff that humanity could like get back to fellowship with God in some way, shape or form. Um, and so he brings them to the edge of the promised land and then basically is like, nah, fam, y'all don't want to follow me because they were, they wouldn't trust God and they were worshiping all these idols. So then he basically made them turn around and walk in circles for 40 years until all of the people died. And so that their kids could only go into the promised land, which I think is kind of funny. It wasn't funny for you know, them. You know what else is really funny about this story is that what? it's not, it's not really funny, but it's like, it is such a good representation of our own lives. Like mm-hmm. when we, when we choose, which is why the Old Testament is so good. And I think people need to not dis- discredit the Old Testament because it relates to us. Um, it's like the Israelites, literally, Jesus, came, or God used a fire tornado thing <laughs> that like led them and then split the freaking, what is it? The Red Sea? The Red Sea. And, and like split the Red Sea led them through the red the the opening of the red sea with this like fire thing protecting them and they get to the other side and they're like nah god didn't help us <laughs> and I'm just like, that was a coincidence <laughs> i'm just like bruh you just saw this fight like god came down through this fire thing to yeah. protect you and you're getting to the other side and you're complaining because you're hungry like come on and then, and, just and think, then after they complain that they're hungry, he rains bread down from the sky. <laughs> yeah, and then literally like two days later, they're like, God's not going to help us again. And then nah. Moses has to like hit a rock with his staff. And it's just like, what the heck is going on? Like, I just don't... But it's funny because we do the same exact thing, just in modern yeah. day terminology. <laughs> like... mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, we we often do that. I think I think a lot of times that I think a lot of times God leads us to the edge of something great, and then we screw it up because we're like, nah, we don't want to follow God, um, and yep. His ways are higher than our ways, just like Proverbs says. And so, yeah, we just have to realize that I guess and recognize that in our own lives. Um, it's far too easy to sit here and be like, yeah, those Israelites, they're dumb, but we do like the same <laughs> thing all the time so yeah he he leads them to the edge they have to walk in circles for 40 years um and when i say circles i am not exaggerating if you look at a map as to where they were and where they had to get to it would have taken like less than a week to get there but no it took them 40 years to get there (laughs) so they literally walked in circles (laughs) so that's so funny um (laughs) So then a very pivotal point in the Old Testament is Leviticus 26. Um, And this is kind of God's covenant with the people is he basically is saying like, if you follow me, like if you obey my commands and stuff, I'm going to bless you with this and this and this and this and this, which is all great. And if you don't, then I'm going to do this and this and this and this, and you're going to have a lot of penalties for your disobedience. And so the people were like, okay, great. We're going to follow you. But that didn't really happen. Nope. Um, So then if we move on, through Joshua and then to Judges. Yeah. Um, they've kind of conquered some of the land through Joshua. Um, 
but they didn't like conquer it the way god wanted them to i guess like they didn't kill the people that god told them to kill um which for those who are always like well the bible condones murder well i mean god's god and all these people were like idol worshippers like they were worshiping other gods and some of them were also part of like the nephilim i think is that right yep yeah, which, yeah, which is, is a, a whole, whole nother, nother topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to know what the Nephilim are, go read Genesis 6. That's what they are. Um, but they're like, they, they were very like against God and against what he like wanted for his plan, I guess. Yeah, because um, their culture, their like culture was so completely different than like the Israelites. And so God was like, you need to get rid of these people or else their culture is going to gonna like infiltrate your culture and mm. then you're not gonna be my people anymore and so that's why right. god was like you need to get rid of these people and then they were like nah nah we keep and them we like we'll these. keep them around and then more bad things happen <laughs> yeah so they kind of kept them around and then god was like okay i'm gonna send judges to like vindicate you because this is this is basically what the book of judges is it's a, it's a cycle right the people yep. the people come under oppression from other people and then they're like, oh, God, save us. And then God's like, okay, I'm going to send this person to save you. And so he sends this person, the person saves them, and then they go right back to idolatry, and they start worshiping other gods. And then they get stuck again, and then they're like, oh, God, save us. And then God sends them someone else to save them, and then they just go back to it again. And it's just yeah. this cycle and this cycle, and it's really summed up in, um, I think it's like the very last verse in Judges or something, where it says, yes, um, it in those days, um, there was no king in the land, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Yep. Um, which I think is very applicable to today. I'm not going to get political, but I am going to say that, that I'm pretty sure like everybody today is just like, yeah, there's not really any standard. We just all do whatever the heck we want, which is yep. not a good way to go. And if we want to see the outworkings of that, go read Judges. Yeah, good um, luck. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not a good time. <laughs> um, so then after that, um, Samuel comes, which is like a prophet, basically. He was the, I think he was the last judge. I should know this. I was just studying it. Um, and he basically was like a prophet kind of for a priest to the nation. Um, and all of a sudden the people were like, you know what? We want to be like all the other nations and we want a king. And then Samuel basically was like, okay, but if you do this, these these things are going to happen. He's going to oppress you, and he's going to hate you and all this stuff. <laughs> and the people were like, no, we want one anyways. Enter and Saul. So, yeah, enter <laughs> Saul. So Saul came, and he was the first uh, king of Israel. Um, and the people, he was like a people's choice. He wasn't like a God-anointed king, even though God did like anoint him with his spirit and all this stuff. You'll just have to go read it for yourself. Um, so then they go through this whole thing of like kings and then you have King David come who was like the man after God's own heart. Um, he's, yeah, he's great. Love David's David. great. We David's love David. Great. David's good boy. Um, yep. well, and he then, did some not great things though, but <laughs> yeah. he's still really good. Yeah. One of the great things about the Bible is that it never like, it never like highlights the heroes as like perfect role models. It always like gives the goods and bads of all the people. I think that's really important because oftentimes I hear a lot of like sermons that are like, oh, David conquered Goliath. We should be like David. 
but that's not really necessarily true. Like we should be like Jesus. Do you um, know what's interesting about that? I was learning yeah. this when I was studying this a couple weeks ago is um, I agree with what you're saying, but I also learned that. So in the Chronicles, um, because in the actual like canon, the way that the Bible's supposed to be set up, like our mm-hmm. canon ends with Malachi, but it's actually supposed to end with Chronicles. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And so Chronicles is actually like an overview of... Um, kind of everything that happened in the old testament mm-hmm. and i think it's second i believe it's second chronicles is gives like an overview of king david but it only basically highlights all of the good things that he did which i think is very interesting and what i what i realized well and learned from a podcast and stuff is that um we believe people believe that the reason why it's set up that way is because um after that was then the 400 years of silence which we'll get to later in this episode um Mm -hmm. and so they i think the way that they were setting it up is like this is king david and also the messiah that's coming that you just don't know yet will kind of look like this and so they were kind of setting david up on this like pedestal being like this is kind of what you're looking for but also the one that's coming is greater than he and Mm. so i find that i found that really fascinating when i was reading the chronicles because i was like I kind of did what you did. Like the whole, the whole Bible is all about people and their imperfections. And then you hit mm-hmm. Chronicles and it's like, David did all these great things. And I'm like, yeah, but what about all his bad things? And, like, that's, <laughs> yeah. and that's why. Anyways, I just thought mm-hmm. I'd throw that in there in case someone was reading Chronicles and they were like, but what about Bathsheba? And like all of this yeah. stuff. But yeah, anyways. I think um, that reminded me that a lot of when people like wonder, like where, where's Jesus in the Old Testament? Um, a lot of the ways that they will refer to Jesus is they'll um, have what they call like types of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically just like people in the Old Testament that like represent parts of what Jesus is going to do in the future. Um, yeah. And it's a lot of like people who come and like they'll save God's people, but they won't like do it perfectly. And so the people just like fall back into sin. And so it's like constantly pointing to like who's going to be the person that comes as the seed that was promised in Genesis three and like actually save the people once and for all. It's usually, um, I feel like which it's then builds usually, up to Christ, obviously. Yeah. And I think he's, there's like three main ones. It's Moses, David, and then Elijah, I think are the mm. three ones that are like kind of pointing back to Jesus to be like, these mm-hmm. are the three main pe- like characteristics from these people is kind of what you want to look for in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why the Old Testament is so good, because there's these people that are kind of like Jesus, but also not perfect, and so not oh, Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, but um, yeah. Anyways, sorry. Continue. No, no, no. Um. So yeah, after the after the kings, um, we have kind of this time of prophets, um, where God sends all these different prophets because the the nation like splits into like the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and each kingdom has like normally like not i'm pretty sure like 90 percent of the time the kings are just sucky like they're awful kings they are Um, and they (laughs) screw over the nation and they're like now we're gonna worship this god instead of the real god um there's a couple that are good though (laughs) yeah yeah but the i think the vast majority are pretty bad yeah there's Um, only like three that are good yeah (laughs) and so god starts sending like these prophets to the nation that are basically being like hey repent and turn back to god because a day is gonna come where God's going to destroy you if you don't repent and it's going to be bad. And the people are like, nah, it's fine. Um, And so the people continue to rebel. um, And finally, God basically gives uh, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom over to 
Assyria and Babylon, which are two other nations that were very oppressive, um, very scary nations. They were really <laughs> They scary. were not nice people. <laughs> nope. um, and so God basically allows the Assyrians and the Babylonians to like capture Israel and they like destroy Jerusalem, I'm pretty sure, and like do all this stuff. Um, and so Israel's pretty screwed up at that point. Um, but then at some point, um, they kind of escape. They don't really escape, I guess. The I think it was when the Persian Empire took over. Um, they were like allowed to go back to Jerusalem if they wanted to. Some of the some of the Jews stayed yes. in Persia, um, but a lot of them returned to Jerusalem to rebuild um, and rebuild the temple and all this stuff. And that's kind of where our history stops, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is is the Jews going back to Jerusalem? They're rebuilding the temple. They're rebuilding the wall. Um, all this stuff. They're kind of trying to put the nation back together. Um, but little do they know, if you read in Ezekiel, um, that God actually leaves the temple. Um, so if you don't know, the the tabernacle at the very beginning, and then what eventually became the temple was like this place where God's presence, like His holy presence, dwelled. Um, so that you could go there and like commune with him. And so the temple was like the sacred place. Um, but God basically in Ezekiel, um, it tells us that God basically was like, nah, like I've had enough of you people. Like I have a plan, but right now I'm going to leave the temple and you're not going to see me for a while. Um, and so he yep. leaves his, his presence, leaves the temple. Um, and then in Ezekiel 36, he makes a promise um, that basically says, I'm going to put my spirit within you and I'm going to replace your heart of flesh or your heart of stone with a heart of flesh um, so that you will follow my statutes um, and be able to obey me because it's basically obvious that y'all can't obey me the way it is. So I'm making a special <laughs> plan. Um, and then after that, there's literally like 400 years where people just don't hear from God. Um, and it's just like silence and yeah, everyone kind of gets to the yep. point where they're like, I guess the Messiah is not coming because nothing's happened so far. Um, and so uh, my guess would be towards the, not even by the end, towards like the 100 year mark, people are probably giving up on on wherever God is and, and whether the Messiah is coming or not. Um, and so, yeah, in between the Old and the New Testament, there's this 400 year period of God just not talking to the people um, and them probably wondering like, hey where'd he go yeah. um so so yeah then then we get to the new testament so i'll let holly new take testament. that okay i just want to say real quick that the prophets are so good in the old mm. testament and mm -hmm. y'all are missing out like even just ezekiel alone is super good because he's got he <laughs> ezekiel does some really crazy things in the oh, yeah. beginning of the book um but also the vision that zach was talking about about um god's leaving the temple is also super interesting to read. It's very symbolic. Like you, you really see everything without seeing it. Cause the way that mm -hmm. is, I call him Zeke, the way that Zeke like writes, Zeke. Um, it's super interesting, right? Like my favorite football player anyways. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just don't discredit the prophets because they are so good. And, um, yeah, just just read the Old Testament. It's just it's a good it's a good place. Mm -hmm.